I uh, had never thought uh, before on reading the story of the Transfiguration that there was a possibility that it would be a type that we could be transfigured. And in fact, that we at times are transfigured, if you will, for lack of a, a better word. And I read all of that this morning. I read you all of the verses in Luke, the ninth chapter, in, um, <clears throat> about the transfiguration, about what led up to it. Uh, and I read all of the portion in Matthew, uh, didn't go back as far in Matthew, the 16th chapter, but it begins there, carries over into the 17th chapter, and we read a great deal of that, read in Mark, the 9th chapter, where, in fact, um, the um, Mark uh, says that his raiment was right, white, and sh his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow. And that last line there in the third verse says, so that no fuller on earth can white them. In other words, they could not have been bleached any whiter. And he finishes up in Mark, the ninth chapter, and they talk or allude to this period of time, six to eight days, whether you count the end days, where there was basically, they record it as just being days. They don't say that there was no talking. They don't say that there was silence. But it's interesting that they put that on there. So you have a sense that those days were heavy because there was that understanding and trying to convince them of what it was going to cost them to be a disciple. And in fact, Jesus brought them then to a place of prayer. And prayer is in fact one of those things that can sustain you when you are facing some difficult situations. Learning how to pray. Old timers used to call it praying through. Praying to you, you know, plead the blood. And they had different words for it. But what they were meaning was recognizing I need to get in touch with God. I need to get in the presence of Almighty God. I know it may say like, well, what can that do? How is that going to solve my marital problems? How is that going to solve all my health problems? How is that going to solve? I don't know, but prayer works. Prayer works. We know that uh, this whole thing was born in a prayer room when they were praying and the Holy Ghost fell. Prayer works. And that's why we're starting off the year year, 40 days, prayer and fasting. And sometimes when you have no other idea what to do, you just simply pray. And yet probably more than ever, we have become uh, less uh, able to pray and people almost don't know how to pray. And his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And yet in that midst of that prayer, they saw Jesus transfigured. They saw the glory of the Lord on him. And then they saw Moses and Elijah. And we talked about how Moses and Elijah had not tasted death. And yet somehow Moses and Elijah knew what Jesus was going to go through. It was almost like when you cross that barrier, 
then you're in the presence of the Lord. You know what's going to go on. You know what's happening. And they begin to talk to him about his coming glory and that voice that they heard uh, whenever he was baptized. And they got him in the presence of the Lord. And yet, uh, here was that voice. They begin to talk to him and tell him about what the, was going to happen. And Simon Peter uh, tried to interject one more time. The Lord himself had to speak, tell him to be quiet. And, and when they were hit, they fell down. And you know, I guess for me, that's always been very, it, it, it's been the same throughout the Bible. Whether it's Daniel, whether it's Isaiah, whether it was John on the Isle of Patmos, whether, whether it was on the Mount of Transfiguration, when somebody gets in the presence of God, bam, it knocks you down. I'm sorry, you cannot be arrogant in the presence of God. You can't go, well, I, I just want you to know, Lord, I, you know, I feel like that I need, you're not in his presence if you're talking arrogant because if you're really communicating to him and he's talking to you, you're going to find yourself with your face in the dirt because that's how powerful and majestic and glorious and, 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 and amazing that he is. And yet, did the Lord leave everybody there? No. To Daniel, to Simon Peter, to whomever it was, when you get in his presence and it knocks you down, the first thing the Lord does is grab you and say, come on, stand up. It's going to be all right. He doesn't leave you with your face in the ground. He doesn't leave you with feeling like I'm overwhelmed. You say, well, when I come in, I just feel so bad. If You keep praying because in a moment, he's going to grab you by the shoulder and say, stand up. It's going to be all right. We're going to make it through this. Because that's what every one of those examples that I use, whether it's Daniel or John, he made them all stand up. So here it was that when you, you begin to realize that the, the truth of the matter is Christ will be glorified. No matter what happens, Christ is going to get the glory. All right? What's amazing is that he will let us share in the glory. You know, he will allow us. Here was Moses and Elijah from several hundred years before that were standing in the presence of Jesus, sharing in his glory. What a privilege. The little boy that brought the lunch and the Lord blessed it and broke it allowed that little boy to share in the glory. You know, sometimes you wonder, well, why did... You know, why doesn't the Lord just heal? Well, he lets us be part of that process. We pray for him. We encourage them, and wow, it it's, feels glorious. And then, as I said, he will help stand us up. Now, I want to read to you what Paul said in Colossians. I read it this morning. <clears throat> Regardless of what knocks us down, he stands us up. Colossians, the second chapter, you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also... <clears throat> You are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands <clears throat> in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. When you go down, you're buried with him in baptism, whereof also you are risen with him through faith of the operation of God in whom hath, who hath raised him from the dead. You being dead, 
in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, hath forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. I am telling you that ought to be enough to bring you into the third heaven. Praise God. I've been forgiven. <laughs> it's a transfiguration moment. He, Paul, wrote to the Colossians a little earlier in the same book. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering, with what? Joyfulness. Let me tell you something. The Lord is able to strengthen with his power, might, <laughs> with his patience, long-suffering, joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which made us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. What are you saying? These kids over here sing a song in Sunday school. It goes like this. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. What light are we talking about? Your effervescent personality? It's the light of the presence of God. Put it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. Let it. <clears throat> We're supposed to be shining. Like we have been transfigured. People ought to look at us and say there's something different about you. I don't know what it is, what it is on your countenance, why you have a smile, why you can say be at peace. You know why? Because one day I've met into the presence of the glory of Almighty God and it's transfigured me. <laughs> Ephesians talks about it. <clears throat> He says, in, in, or let me finish, Colossians, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, translated us, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus like this. He said, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. <laughs> Thy, by grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit where? In heavenly places. In Christ Jesus when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, it is like for a moment you get lost. You don't even know where you are. You say, well, I didn't get that kind of experience. I just said a few words. Well, let me tell you, you've got something great to look forward to. Amen. Because there is a gully washing, mind cleansing, 
foot-stomping moment when you can move into the presence of Almighty God as you begin to just raise your hand, and it's like you are transfigured. It's like you leave where you are, and for a moment, the bills don't matter, how good the kitchen looks or doesn't look or what year it is or what I've got to do when I get home. I am just caught up in the presence of God and for a moment and you know what all the rest of us around here and we used to always say it and I, I know I said it this morning people will go oh I saw it the moment their countenance changed you remember anybody ever seeing that man they got the Holy Ghost and there was just a glow about them there was just whoo I could tell that well that that one they got something because it changed the way they look it changed the way they smile it well, let me tell you, that's the power of being transfigured by the presence of God. He said that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith. It is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. What is he saying? He is saying you can't do this on your own. You can't say Jesus enough times, fast enough. You can't say, Lord, please fill me fast enough. You just have to get lost in the praises and let the Holy Ghost begin yeah. to flow through you. Simon Peter wrapped up his epistle, his second one. He started it out and he said it like this. He said, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Though you know them and be established in the present truth, yea, I think it meet. Now, what that word meet there meant was I think it necessary that as long as I am in this tabernacle, as long as I'm alive, to you to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. You need to remember a few things, knowing that shortly I'm going to have to put off this tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after my decease, after I've gone, to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, he said, this wasn't a big story when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. That's what he calls it, the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard basically again when we were with him in the holy mount. He's talking about the Mount of Transfiguration. He said, I've heard his voice twice. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. We have something that is greater than the voice that spoke when Jesus was baptized and the voice that was spoken when Jesus went up the Mount of Transfiguration. What is that? 
That's when the Holy Ghost begins to speak his word through us. He said, we have a more sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in the dark place and the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. I know, we've, we've sung a song. Day star, shine down on me. Let your love shine through me in the what? I want to tell you something. We're going to have to practice getting transfigured more than ever before because it's getting darker and darker. Why is it so vital to have the services we have this morning and tonight and people just opening up? Because we're saying we have a more sure word of prophecy. I'm going to tell you what that is. That's the day star. Shine down on me. <laughs> Let your love. You say, well, I, I, I'm doing all right. I'm, I've, got my, I've got my act together and everything's going fine. I know, but you need to have a transfiguration experience where people can come off the mountain and go, what happened to you? Why are you changed? Here was Peter, James, and John. They didn't have anything but to be able to tell people, I don't know what all happened, but we know one thing. Oh, it, we're going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I don't know. They denied the Lord. It didn't totally translate them, but they didn't fully get it all. But one thing they did know is they had seen the glory. And so when Jesus said, go tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high, they understood what it was to be connected to him. No matter what the situation, I don't know what, what, what kind we have. I, I'm trying to remember, but I'll look it up for you for those of you that may be watching. But if, if it's Kenmore washing machine, I, what kind of washing machine do we have? We have Kenmore? Maytag. Maytag, okay, we have Maytag. Whatever you do, don't buy Maytag. <laughs> we used to have Kenmore, don't buy Kenmore either. Because there's just something about every washing machine we've ever had, it eats one of my socks. <laughs> I have about three or four socks lined up outside my sock drawer, waiting for the other one to miraculously appear. Maybe you've never had that problem. It's like crazy. You put two in, put four in, put six in, put eight in, seven come back, five come back. Yeah, that ever happened to y'all? You have a different washing machine than I do. But you know what has never been messed up? I've never gotten one leg of my trousers gone. Why is that? My, I can miss one sock, but at all the years, never one pant leg. My wife's never pulled it out and said, don't know where that leg went. 
think of, it's connected somewhere. I've tried tying them in a knot, my socks, I've tried putting a little clamp on them. What, it just doesn't. By the time the agitation gets through and the spin cycle and going from that to the tumbling in the dryer, something happens to a sock, but it never happens to one of my pants leg because of how it's attached. This hour that we're living in, you're gonna have to stay as attached as you can. That's why we're starting off the year with prayer because I, I gotta stay connected. I, I gotta stay part of the body. I gotta stay part. I, because let me tell you, there's so much going on. And you may say, well, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, they tell me stock market. And they tell me financial crisis and the Democrats and the Republicans. And the, all I know is, Lord, transfigure me. Every once in a while, I want to stay connected to you. Somehow, I want to stay connected to you. Let's stand.